Microsoft. Welcome to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast. We talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Cream Anderson, and I'm joined by David Allen, editor yeah. and writer for OnMicrosoft.com. Yeah, we have a new face. Uh, he will be joining me for as long as he can. Um, we brought him on because, well, me talking to you guys by myself can get kind of boring. So why not have another friendly face? Uh, we will still be sticking to the same format we kind of had before where we have an open discussion. But uh, instead of, again, me just reading, plowing through the headlines with myself, I have a friend now. And you guys have a new friend now. So uh, everyone say welcome. Uh, and let's get started with our opening discussion, shall we? Let's we're do talking it. About, yeah, let's, uh, we're going to be talking about Zoom giving Microsoft a run for its money. Uh, this is a piece that was written uh, earlier this week, uh, just because news dropped about it. Uh, looks like Zoom and Microsoft are racing towards kind of a crossroads uh, at rapid speeds where you know, they're kind of wanting to encroach on each other's territory. Microsoft has teams where they want to get in more visible into video uh, conferencing. And it looks like now, because of what we found out from Zootopia, which is a very questionable title for a conference, uh, Zoom wants to get into email. Earlier this week, Zoom announced at its annual Zootopia event that it will be adding email and calendar clients in beta, uh, which is unrelated uh, to this, what I'm about to get into. But they also had Grammy-winning music producer Timberland there as a guest speaker. I, I don't know why you would have him there, but what do you think about that? Well, I don't know. I think Zoom will have a place in the market for this but they are entering a crowded market i mean we have you know the microsoft cloud microsoft 365 we have google workspace we have the slack and salesforce combination out there but then again when we had the pandemic you know zoom was what everybody went to zoom was the one that had the biggest problem so i think that you know it's a well enough known name that they'll they'll get their slice of the pie but I think they're going to have a hard time competing with Microsoft and Google and even Slack that is already established. Companies are already paying for it. So they're going to have to give them a reason to say, hey, drop your current setups and come try ours. I think they'll well, struggle at that point. Let's give everyone a little bit of de details about what they're at least trying to offer before we kind of usher them under the table. Uh, we have, according to the Zoom blog and what they spoke about at Zoomtopia, which again, I was in attendance for, but we do have information about uh, Zoom mail and client uh, clients and Zoom mail and calendar services will work together with communication and collaboration offerings already available with Zoom meetings, phone, whiteboard, and team chat within Zoom. Uh, now teams can move quickly and seamlessly from email to video meeting uh, to video meetings elevate a chat message to a phone, collaborate on projects, and early next year, uh, Zoom will share about, uh, Zoom users will be able to share stuff through Whiteboard, I guess, all without ever leaving the Zoom app. That's their preferred uh, talking points. Um, according, again, to the uh, writer of the blog, uh, this will be offered as a free service to both uh, paid uh, Zoom, uh, I guess, Zoom users and free Zoom users. Uh, they will be able to freely integrate Zoom mail and calendar uh, in the beta form uh, with their existing email clients with third-party email services such as Outlook, Gmail, whoever the hell is using Thunderbolt, uh, Thunderbird. <laughs> uh, and while it may seem trivial because, again, most things that are interoperable seem to just be given these days, 
Uh, it is what they consider a savings on the taggle tax, which is taggle tax, which is, you know, jumping back and forth between uh, any type of service. And according to the Harvard Business Review, employees spend almost about four hours a week reorienting themselves after toggling between applications, which means that we're all basically just super inefficient at work. Um, but uh, Zoom is looking to kind of fix that. Uh, anyhow, uh, how this ties into Microsoft is basically what they're offering. Uh, as you mentioned a second ago, Dave, is that uh, we have the mail client, which again, basically just looks and runs like mail does for you know anybody who's on like Mac OS or anybody who's got like the generic mail app on like a, a, Sam, like a Samsung device or something like that. It basically is just a masking feature over all the integrated accounts that you can put into it. Uh, the same thing for the client. Now, where things kind of get, you know, dicey as far as Microsoft and Zoom competing is that they will be offering Zoom Mail Service, which is a hosted uh, email, which has uh, enhanced privacy in the encryption, uh, 15 gigabytes of email storage for Zoom Pro or Zoom United users, 100 gigabytes uh, for Zoom One business tiers or higher, and Zoom calendar services, which again will be a Zoom hosted calendar, allowing teams to schedule and follow up meetings, integrate with the Zoom app, appointment booking features and the unified calendar experience that's where it starts to get into exchange territory starts to sound a lot like exchange doesn't it yeah exactly and to combat this microsoft you know i wouldn't say combat but microsoft has had stuff in the in the workings and as of last week i want to say that they um uh they they rolled out their PWA, which had general general availability for Linux users. So you know they're working outside of just the uh, traditional Windows operating system tying into Teams. They're you know trying to go multi mul multiple platforms. Uh, they've also introduced content um, sharing via new pop out windows uh, during meetings. They added support for forty languages and live translation captions. A new companion mode for Android users. So basically, if you're on the phone or an Android tablet, you can still get all of the same features such as access to chat, live reactions, and Microsoft Whiteboard. So uh, both of these people are moving pretty quickly. But again, Dave also mentioned that we have Slack, uh, which is the you know 200-pound elephant in the room that is also doing things as well. I mean, they've been a bit quiet since they've been acquired by Salesforce, but I'm sure they're, they're just integrating a bunch of things to all kind of crowd the market. I think the biggest problem here, I mean, you know, looking at our company is there's got to be a reason for somebody to switch. You know, it's, e it's either got to be a feature, an integration, a service, or, you know, per user pricing or some sort of model to say, hey, you know, move my entire company over to an over to a new platform have to train my employees, learn how it integrates with our products, and go from there. Most businesses, in my opinion, that have these, they're already integrated and it's muscle memory every day at this point as to how to log in and do what they need to do. And I think for Zoom or anybody, it would be tough to enter this market. So I do applaud them for at least going after their slice of the pie. Yeah. Uh I would say if if I'm you know I don't say uh, I, hate the, I kind of dislike the phrase devil's advocate, but just looking at uh, an opportunity for for Zoom is maybe the user experience. As I mentioned, uh, their free tier stuff is basically a masking client for email. So if all it takes is for you to type in you know your Outlook name 
plus your password. And now it's in this nice user-friendly interface versus the kind of kludgy exchange or outlook. And since we don't have the new unified outlook, if people start to get used to that, they may prefer that. And at some point that'll be, you know, employees saying, you know what, I save time not having to deal with exchange or Gmail or any of the labels or any of the filter things. I like using this client. Can we just everybody move over? And I think if you get enough employees and a and a an admin who is willing to kind of shoulder the transition, that could be big enough for people, I think. And to, you know, we have to look at it, like you said, from a, a CEO's point of view and say, look, you know, there's some of these companies these days that they calculate time, you know, if it takes an hour out of a day for everybody to work through the platform or 30 minutes or whatever. And like you said, if everything's right there together, that time is not taken anymore. You've got more productivity that the CEOs and the higher ups in the company notice and say, look, it may be worth, you know, like you said, the effort. Uh, with that being said, we're going to let you guys uh, kind of, you know, throw your opinions in the comments or if you want to throw it in, in some of the comments in the in the written article itself and let us know what you guys think. If uh, just judging by the screenshots or if you are a Zoom user, if this is something you might be interested in or if you think Microsoft has this, you know, section locked down and it's pretty much a done deal, uh, let us know. But we're going to be moving on to our headlines. Uh, what's your first headline for the week? My first headline for the week is iCloud integration is now jumping <laughs> into Windows. And I'm, it's mainly for photos, folks. It's for the people with the new Photos app. The new Photos app has started rolling out for Microsoft Windows 2022 with a nice, neat interface to make all your photos and medias look a lot more attractive. And Microsoft has said, hey, there's all these people out there with iPhones taking all of these photos. If we want them to use our operating system and our photos app, then we better come up with a way for them to easily move their photos in. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure this is a, you know, monumental feature. I'm not sure there's Windows users out there saying, hey, I can't wait for that iCloud integration <laughs> to suddenly use Microsoft Photos to share my photos. But, you know, it's easy to do. You get your Photos app, which rolls out this month. You can update it in the Microsoft Store. You get the iCloud for Windows integration app. And you sign into your iCloud account and you plug in your iPhone and yeah, kind of uh, follow the prompts and take it from there. Yeah, I mean, there may not be a ton of Windows users out there like that, but I do know that there's a cross-section between iPhone users and just Windows, like uh, people who own Windows PCs. Uh, and I think I wrote about this a few months back, that it's weird that there's now become a divide between how we view our media on our phone and how we view our media on our computer. Unless you're a photographer or someone who does uh, content creation or something like that, most of the time, most people view and keep their photos and that photo experience on their phone. The screens are nicer, the, the saturation, all those uh, filters and things are built into the phone itself. You share them via the phone. You say, look at my phone, look at this picture. You rarely go to like, let me see what this looks like in 16 by nine uh, or things like that. So. Again, it may be you know a very small section, but I think it's for those people who will need it. It's very appreciated. 
you know not to not to go off topic here but i think the big thing that might could change things if google photos did something you know very similar and there was some kind of integration there then then you might see you know maybe a bigger adoption to getting these photos back and forth off of pc i totally agree yeah uh we gotta see if the two of those two companies can work on a web app solution hopefully soon uh following up we got a lot of halo infinite news i'm gonna try and sum it up as quickly as i can so it can keep us rolling but we got about three headlines wrapped into one. Uh, the first one being uh, Halo Infinite Winter's update hit consoles earlier this week uh, and almost immediately started breaking consoles. So uh, there's that. Uh, before we get into what's wrong with the update, let's go over what should have been right, I guess. Uh, the winter update for Halo brings a beta version of the Forge uh, for people who were really good at being DMs for like Dungeons and Dragons or aspiring civil engineers, people who like to create worlds, essentially. Uh, players now have the ability to craft uh, their maps modes and prefabs uh, among six established environments so you can just build that however you want the environment to be what kind of guns around what kind of uh, landscape there is what kind of traps there might be all the cool stuff what kind of purchases there are for snipers or whatnot uh, next up is uh, the match xp which is being delivered in a beta as well that involves a new progression experience aimed at rewarding players for completing matches via a series of win-lose placements during a match uh, a new multiplayer map and game mode support uh, for two new maps that were uh, built actually using the custom in-game Forge platform. So uh, you can kind of get an example of what what could be done if you had tons of game engineers and a bunch of time and money. Um, and I believe they were, the other thing that we're seeing is uh, while we're not getting couch co-op, we are getting campaign network co-op. So you can and mission replay. So you can play with friends up to about four, I believe. Uh, online, uh, and you can go through the campaign mode. You can go through, you can replay missions that you've already completed, and you can play uh, with those four people uh, if you've ever replayed it, or if you ever want to replay a mission that was, you know, thwarted by one of your friends being a crap driver of using the warthog, or if other people were using excessive friendly fire in your direction. Uh, last up are the new achievements, which number about 24. I'm not going to go through all of them, but some of them include. Uh, getting at least one kill with every available weapon and grenade in the game, uh, which I'm going to try and do. Killing an enemy with a ban- uh, banished uh, mining laser, which is re- relatively tough. Uh, eliminating all the enemies in the South Beacon with a scorpion tank. Co-op completion of the San- uh, seven banished outposts, and like I said, a whole bunch more. All in all, should have been a pretty fun update for most Halo game users or players. Uh, that is, if it didn't require a hard reboot. This is the second headline, which I, I mentioned at the top. Uh, apparently, some Xbox insiders have been venting their frustrations with the Halo Infinite Winter Update on a Reddit group, uh, with noting that uh, after playing the game, uh, there's not their console, not just the game, but the console became uh, became sluggish, unresponsive, and needed a hard reboot. Uh, seems to be the issue for a lot of them. Uh, the other thing, other players noted uh, that. Uh, the heads-up displays uh, in the Xbox uh, UI uh, disappeared, along with unresponsive controller issues. So it's it's a plethora of issues following this update. I don't know exactly what the uh, pinpoint the uh, issue is, but I do believe that Microsoft uh, has a uh, uh, what is it a note in the feedback app for uh, insiders. Again, this is happening in insiders, not to 
uh, regular people who I guess aren't insiders and in, in using the Xbox. Uh, and again, it's between Alpha and Delta Ring users uh, for the most part. So if you aren't an Xbox insider, you probably don't have to worry about it. Maybe there's something about uh, the uh, build numbers or uh, feature sets for future builds that have, are having issues with this current update. Uh, and the last bit of Halo news uh, that's on the docket is an admission from Matt Booty of Microsoft Studios that bring a couch co-op, which I like to say, but most people refer to as local co local co-op, was about 80% done before the studio shelved it. So I think it was two weeks ago, we talked about people who glitched into the co-op matrix and were playing the game. It's an unfinished version that they were playing. Uh, the feature looks like it actually won't be making it to the system anytime soon, despite it being 80% done. Quote, uh, we of course are working on a local uh, co uh, campaign co-op for many, uh, many months, many years. There are a lot of challenges there from a technical perspective and uh, what people were able to glitch into is probably 80% complete. But the amount of work from us to get from 80% to 100% quality is significant. And the amount of effort that would take uh, right now is something that we cannot commit to. And I'm not sure uh, how long it would even take to be honest. Now, again, he's saying the main issue uh, following uh, his decision on that and the group's decision is that they just wouldn't be able to uh, support all the platform uh, configurations that could be out there. And I think this might be kind of a, a tail sign of having to support the Xbox Series S. Uh, perhaps it's also another tail sign of uh, the engine that they're using. I know it's not Unreal, it's not. It's a proprietary thing that they've been using for a while, but we've you know written about devs that are having issues with it. And it's also leading to rumors that Microsoft could jump ship for the next uh, Halo franchise and use Unreal because of these issues. I don't know, what are your thoughts about uh, this whole, uh, one, broken update, to potentially moving to Unreal Engine. Well, the broken update, you know, I, I hope they fix it all. I mean, I think every, everybody does, and I think maybe the QA team over there may have, you know, fallen asleep a little bit. I have uh, downloaded the update myself and did experience the same issues. And uh. as, a, as a gamer, that's frustrating. But um, as far as the engine, I'm going to be honest. I miss my couch, my couch Halo. That, that's how I got started was me and my me brother too. sitting on a couch, you know, on, on just a regular old CR, CRT television. I'm sure some of you out there watching remember that where you're on the top and your brother's on the bottom and you're, you're going around, you know, working the through the campaign. I mean, yeah. those, those are some of my most fond memories. So I would be okay if it brings the couch co-op back sure let's jump to a new engine and let's give it a shot i do think you know updating and having to and it's been in the news here lately with having to bounce between was bouncing between the series s and the series x holding back development could that be why i mean we don't know but it makes you think about it i'll take whatever puts couch co-op back in the game you and me brother what do you got for our next headline Next, I have, we're going from gaming back to working. I'm sorry, folks, but you can get a, <laughs> you can get a free Windows 11 2022 virtual machine until January of 2023. That is January 10th of 2023. And I guess, you know, looking at it, thinking about it a little bit, I guess Microsoft is giving us some time to work over the holidays, maybe. So I, I'm not sure you know, how many of these that they're gonna toss out there, but what they're doing is they're giving you Windows 11 
they're giving you Virtual Studio 2022 that does come with the Windows system for Linux, of course. You're getting Windows Terminal and Developer Mode installed and ready to go for those VMs. Now, you will need Hyper-V and 20 gigs of space. You can use VMware, VirtualBox, and Parallels if you're a Mac user to get these up and running. So if you're a developer out there just looking to say, hey, I want to jump in, get my feet wet with Windows 11, now's your opportunity. If you want to work over the holidays, it won't cost you a dime. Jump in there, give it a shot. Sounds good. Speaking of developers, uh, we have an open source developer, author, and lawyer who's attempting to stop Microsoft from pirating the work of potentially millions of GitHub users with a new class action lawsuit. Uh, developer and lawyer Matthew Butterick, Butterick, uh, I apologize if I'm saying it uh, entirely incorrect. Do not sue me, Matthew. Uh, join forces with class action litigators Joseph uh, Severi Law Firm in California to file a suit uh, alleging that Microsoft is con in conjunction with GitHub and open source AI are exploiting GitHub developers by pirating the code for use in the collaborative Copilot project. Now, we've written about Copilot, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe about six or seven times in the last two weeks. So there's a lot of news about it. Uh, but for those of you who may have missed it or didn't really care about it, I'm going to bring it back to you with a little refresher. Copilot is designed to leverage the GitHub open source library to help build autonomous code projects based on natural language uh, queries. The plan is to help uh, automate the more mundane aspects of code writing for larger projects, such as, I don't know, generating dialogue for, you know, hundreds of NP uh, NPC characters in a video game by simply typing in, I need NPC dialogue. And it'll, uh, you know, use algorithms and AI to build out these dialogues. And you won't have to do all of that crazy, you know, coding and hours worth of time. And it could save studios, you know, on, uh, again, like we said, about hours of development. However, Butrick found that the uh, project seemingly violated GitHub's own policies about piracy, as well as the California Piracy Act and the DCMA 1202, which addresses copyright management. Butrick is, uh, he has an uphill battle. He's got to go against the cavalcade of Microsoft lawyers and the, their infinite pockets, so we'll see how well this goes. But he's getting prepared uh, for this long haul fight by planning an amendment to the original complaint to add even more people to the claim. Uh, I mean, judging by, I mean, going through the policies myself, having you know, written about this and now researching the policies, it does look like Microsoft may be infringing on its own uh, uh, company, surprisingly, uh, now that they are the uh, auteurs of GitHub. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with this and what changes they'll make it in the future for Copilot, because it does seem like a well-needed service for a lot of uh, people who are looking to get in development at scale. What do you got for us next? Well, I, I will throw in this. It, you reminded me of something sure. there. Usually when Microsoft gets themselves in hot water like this, you find, or any any company for that matter, you find they buy the problem. So that, that could be <laughs> something we see here too, maybe. Who knows? It'll be next steps, correct. But next I have, let's go back, you know, since Kareem here was talking about work some more, let's go back to having a little fun. We have Netflix <laughs> looking to create a live action movie for Gears of War along with an animated series. This week, Gears of War celebrated 16 years. Man, makes me feel old because I remember putting <laughs> that first disc in my box 
right. and um, Netflix is looking to create that movie. There's no release date or anything like that. We do know that Dave Bautista, who was one of the main voices in Gears of War, is looking to get in on the act. He has made it clear in various outlets that says, hey, look, you know, please cast me for the role here. So we will see what happens. We've not really heard anything from the Gears of War franchise since Gears of War Tactics back in 2020. So it makes us wonder. We've got a new movie coming out. Netflix is doing it. Netflix has had success with taking IPs like this. They did it with Castlevania. For one, that was successful. So they, they, they know what they're doing. So do we see a new game? Do we see a new movie? We'll have to wait and see. We're pretty sure the movie's coming I'm not so sure about the game. What about you? Uh, yeah, I am. Again, I, I think the, I think a new game is coming. Uh, I have no doubt about that, especially if uh, you're a fan of Halo and you moved over to Gears of War. I, I know that Microsoft sees it as their second tier uh, IP uh, that brings people to the console. Uh, I'm hoping that we get some cool art form like we did for Arcane, which brought in not only you know me as a viewer and a fan uh, now uh, of the game, but uh, got all kinds of awards for Netflix and got awards for the studio. So, I mean, Netflix has the money. It looks like they have the patience for it. Thank God this isn't on HBO because it would be in the trash can by now. Uh, yep. So let's let's hope we get some great animation uh, from, from this. And it brings a lot of awareness to the game itself. Maybe we'll get more people once this new version of I mean, of uh, Years of War comes out because people say, I remember the cartoon, I remember that movie. It made me think of, uh, this is kind of funny, but uh, it made me think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I remember back when they came out, I remember playing the old video game that matched the cartoon. (laughs) Me too. And that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe, you know, we use one to market the other. It's a very smart approach. I think Uh, it might work. I think it will. I, I have faith in his fingers crossed uh, my last headline is back to business a little bit more because this is microsoft and that's kind of what they're known for is i've been gaming is that um away from lawsuits and on more creative endeavors microsoft teased a new creative experience last month uh, and is dropping it in a preview this week so microsoft creates which is the experience they talked about uh i believe in october uh, is now available in preview as a web-based tool to help users businesses and customers create a wide range of content that includes uh, quick social media posts, uh, videos, presentations, flyers, and more. Uh, the site has a rather long list of uh, pre-made templates that you, people can uh, start off with. Uh, you can filter through those templates via um, uh, categories, styles, or just colors. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I would advise people to go check it out. The only catch is that Microsoft uh, Create is only available to Microsoft 365 subscribers at the moment. Another issue some people might run into is that it's English only now. I know that uh, I'm in the U.S., uh, I think Dave's in the U.S., and we have a lot of writers in the U.S., so I mean, a lot of Microsoft products are U.S.-centric, and we tend not to talk about uh, international markets, and uh, that is not by choice. It's just the nature of the business. So hopefully Microsoft uh, kind of fixes that, addresses that, and starts making it available in more languages. They tend to be pretty good uh, stewards of that. Uh, but if, again, if those two things are deterrents for you, I'd, suggest that you head over to create.com.microsoft.com to get started. Uh, if you're a social media marketing person and you had a project that was due last month, you've been procrastinating because you couldn't find the time to get creative, check out a template. It might save you some time. 
I've already uh, used this once this week, in fact, uh, after we put up our post. And something I will throw out there for the Adobe users out there, it used to be Adobe Spark. I think it's now been renamed Adobe Express. Yes. You'll notice that Create, Microsoft Create and Adobe Express behave and look a lot alike. So the future could be bright for that product. Could be. And what else do you got for us? Got one more. Uh, All right. I, I'm kind of the, the fun one of the group, I guess. We'll go back <laughs> to gaming here. We have the 40th edition of Microsoft Flight Simulator, the 40th anniversary edition that is out today, even for our Game Pass users. And I'll go over just a few things here that you get new. I won't read the whole list. You get. Um, one true to life Airbus A310, you get two helicopters and 14 heliports, two gliders and 15 glider airports, and I'll leave the rest. You can um, go check out our article at onmicrosoft.com, but something I wanted to throw out, I can remember back in the day, it's good to see this game back alive again. We went several years there without any updates i personally remember taking the old three and a half inch floppies and feeding them into my pc just to be able to you know get the flying experience so i'm glad to see this get the 40th get to the 40th anniversary and i'm glad to see it out on game pass so everybody can get the experience i mean i am not all business i can be a little bit fun but (laughs) sadly i am still thinking business as you mentioned this and i've I've been saying this for for a while now, I think Microsoft needs to corner the simulation market. I'm not saying that they have it already, but I think that could be their big play. You know, there are, are uh, studios that corner RPGs. Uh, there are studios that corner first-person shooters. I think Microsoft should also be known for simulators. And I think that plays heavily into making content that will be useful whatever metaverse that you know rises to the top because it's already built it's it's a simulator it's built for the uh replication of our our current world just in a more you know uh, fun animated sort of way so if they can start making more simulator type things i think there was like uh, a goat you know there's been a goat simulator it's been a cat simulator there's been cooking simulators there's been uh you know microsoft flight simulator which is you know award-winning if they can start getting studios together to make these things and make them you know part of game pass things like that and it's used to people to simulators as a fun aspect of gaming when they start to say hey that simulator game is also in vr or ar or whatever i think that's their pitch into like making the end around into making those kind of experiences more mainstream that's been my pitch i'm gonna stick to it you I, I totally agree with your pitch there, my friend. Um, you know, just look at the technology. If you if you have used Flight Simulator, look at the technology behind it, how real-time it is. They're using Azure. They're using the cloud to make it all happen. They're, they're crunching the data of terrain, places. You will see actual flights that are in flight go by your airplane. I have seen that happen, and to me, it it doesn't get any more real than that. I agree. And on that note, that is, we've come to the end of our uh, pod. So I want to thank everybody for spending a little time with me and Dave. I, I want everyone to uh, get to know you. Uh, so I want you all to return. Uh, if you haven't, hit our subscribe button for for more content. We'll give you updates. We also write posts to kind of let you know when we're going to be featuring things. Um, do you have anything to say to anybody, Dave? 
I appreciate everybody tuning in, and I appreciate you for letting me join you, and uh, maybe we can have some more fun next week, and we'll do it again. Yeah, everyone go out and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you.